Jesus Christo. This evening, our parish mission begins, and Father David Petrus is our missionary this year. Father David was ordained in 1967. He received his doctorate in liturgy at the Pontifical Oriental Institute in Rome in 1970. He served as pastor in cities like Parma, Ohio, Taylor, Michigan, and Cleveland, Ohio. From the years 1995 to 2013, he was the Director of Spiritual Formation at Byzantine Catholic Seminary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Father David is also a prolific writer, and we welcome him uh, as he preaches this year's parish mission and shares God's word with us today. Welcome to Father David. Today in the gospel, we heard our Lord say, Child, your sins are forgiven. If we look back at the Old Testament and the book that is called the Book of the Second Law, the writer describes God's plan of creation. God says, I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life. This is the choice that we must make in Lent during the great fast. And it is perhaps for this reason we do call it a time of hallelujah, a time for praising God, a time of making the choice for life. This is the second Sunday of the great fast, so we are about a, a third of the way through our journey. And in the first part of this journey, in the office of the church during the week, we read the beginning of the book of Genesis. We read the story of God's creation of everything, the heavens and then the earth, and also of us. And that after God finishes all of his creation, God looks upon it and he says, it is very good. But also in this first part of the great fast, we found out how we spoiled this gift. We didn't make it very good. And Adam and Eve failed to follow God's plan in Eden. And in the first two weeks, we read the story of how the human race slips down and down. So that the reading this last Friday, before this Sunday, the writer of Genesis says, 
the Lord regretted making human beings on the earth. And his heart was grieved. So the Lord said, I will wipe out from the earth the human beings I have created. And in this third week, this coming week, we read the story of Noah and the flood. What is scripture trying to tell us? Perhaps it is trying to tell us that the human race is broken. The human race is dysfunctional. We don't work anymore because we have failed to follow God's plan in his loving providence. In the first week, right after God declares creation to be very good, we read the story of Adam and Eve. God had a plan for them, but they disobeyed the plan of God. They rejected God's plan. And therefore, they chose death. And God tells Adam, because you listen to your wife, and ate from the tree, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. During this great fast, we do have to make a choice. You have to choose life and not death. You have to choose the blessing and not the curse. To keep the commands of God is to choose life. Because when our Lord Jesus came into the world, he said, if you love me, keep my commands. Keep my commands. But we are so often mistaken about the plan of God. We are mistaken about our relationship with God. God doesn't just give to us arbitrary laws to make us see if we can jump through the hoop. He's not a tyrant who wants to run our lives, but he is a loving God who wants us to choose life. So his commands are less a command than actually a revelation. It's a revelation to us. God is telling us, if you do not sin, if you act in this way, if you keep my commands, if you love me and you love your neighbor, you will find life. You will find life. God reveals his plan for us that if we act in integrity, if we act in humility, indeed, if we act in patience, and if we act in love, we will reach our full potential as human beings and we will be full of life. This was Jesus' plan. He told us that perfectly clearly. He says, I have come life. I have come that you may have life, and that you may have life in abundance. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So Holy Father Irenaeus was to say, 
the glory of God is man fully alive. This is God's revelation. This is God's gift to us. And this was the tragedy of Adam and Eve. They had a delusion. They thought that they could do better for themselves. That they could make themselves to be God without God's grace, without God's love. That they could determine for themselves whatever is good and whatever is bad. And that is their sin. It is sin of pride. And it is the sin of pride that we turn away from every time we pray to our Father. Say, our Father in heaven, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is God's plan. So the second Sunday, we read the story of the paralytic man. Paralytic man did not have an abundance of life. He was very restricted. He couldn't walk. He couldn't get around. Now most of us here, I see in your pews, that you have walked here on your own two feet, which is good. We are not physically handicapped like the paralytic man. But we do have the same problems as the paralytic man in the sense of the burden of our sins, the burden of our pride. And like the paralytic man, we too have got to make that choice, the choice between life and death, the choice between the blessing and the curse. So this paralytic man is a symbol for us. He is a symbol of our own crippled and broken spiritual lives. But this man was saved. Do you know why he was saved? He had friends. He came to our Lord to be healed. He came to our Lord in faith to find healing, to have an abundance of life, to be able to walk. But he couldn't come on his own. <coughs> so he had his friends. And his friends carried him to our Lord. And isn't this a wonderful story? The people were crowded around Jesus. They couldn't, get, they couldn't get close to him. So what did they do? They went up on the roof of the house. And they made a hole in the roof. It wasn't uh, uh, as securely uh, covered as our homes are here, certainly. They made a hole in the roof. They let the man down through the hole so that Jesus could see him. And that is a symbol of all of us. We cannot approach God alone by ourselves. We can only approach him together with our friends, together as one people. So this man appears before Jesus, lower down through a hole in the roof. And our Lord is amazed. 
And he saw, and he says, you people have faith. You have faith. And so God grants him a gift. But it was not the gift that he expected, because obviously what they wanted was for our Lord to give him the ability to walk. But what is the first thing our Lord says to him when he sees their faith? He says, child, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And so Jesus grants us indeed the fullness of life, which is the freedom from sin. The people standing around began to grumble, like people do. What's the matter with this guy? Only God can forgive sins. And of course, we know in our faith that Jesus is God, the Son of the Father. He created the world and made us who we are. He gave us everything we have. As you read in the epistle, Jesus alone is the same forever and ever. So he alone can repair the damage between us and God. And so to prove this, after he forgives the sins, he tells the man to take his back and walk. But Jesus, the Son of God, also became a human being. And as such, he has imparted the power to forgive sin to the church, which is his body, and in which we find healing and forgiveness. This is truly a mystery beyond expression. You probably have heard this common saying, to err is human, to forgive is divine. To forgive belongs to God, but God has given us the power to forgive. Sin can be forgiven in the church only by the power of the Spirit. But we all have the human power to forgive one another the trespasses we have between ourselves. And when we do this, we imitate God, who has created us all for unity and forgiveness, and who commanded us to pray. Our Father in heaven, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And Jesus adds an explanation to the prayer. He says, if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive your transgressions. We can have faith in God can believe in God only if we're willing to forgive and to be forgiven by God. We might grumble, but the man was seeking a cure that he might walk. And so Jesus adds, that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins on earth. That is, that God gives life in abundance he says to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your mat, and go home. We do not know 
everything that God has planned for us. We may not know by our own human powers what is best for us. But what we do know for sure is that God loves us and that God forgives our sins. This is to choose life. As St. Paul taught in the epistle to the Romans, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, the epistle that we read today urges us to keep Lent, to keep the great fast, and not to imitate Adam and Eve. And the epistle of the Hebrews says, if the word announced to you through angels proved firm, and every transgression and disobedience received its just recompense, its punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? Today, our Lord puts life on the table. We cannot ignore it. We must forgive others as God has forgiven us. For in the Lord Jesus Christ alone do we find life. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ.